I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey everyone, it's Mark from Guitar Nerd here with a slightly croaky voice because I'm recording this after the podcast you're just about to hear, which is me on my own for an hour. So stick around for that. It's an interesting one. Uh, yeah, let me know your feedback. But the reason I'm here is um, I just wanted to uh, drop some, some information, some knowledge, drop some science um, about Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Um, where, as you know, from as little as $5 a month, you can get an extra half an hour of Guitar Nerds podcast content every week. Um, Patreon have been making some cool changes that I thought you should know about um, before we dive into the episode. Basically, now, whenever you sign up for Patreon, you get a customised uh, RSS link that allows you to listen to Patreon content in your normal podcast provider. So if you've been putting off um, subscribing to the Patreon because you want to listen in the podcast app or you want to listen to in Downcast or any other kind of uh, podcast provider that um, accepts RSS feeds, you can now do that with Patreon. Um, it means that you don't have to use their own app, which I think is still a bit clunky, um, and you don't have to uh, go to their, their website. You can do it all in your, your regular um, podcast service. So that is super cool. Also worth mentioning that if you didn't know, you can go back and listen to the old content that we've done. And now there's about 40 or 50 hours worth of stuff on there. So um, yes, it's a subscription, but just like Netflix, there's plenty of stuff you can go back and listen to. It's not just the weekly content. Um, yeah, a whole archive of Joe Branton basically being a knob. Um, Patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. And welcome to the Guitar Nerds Podcast. I'm your host, Mark Packham, joined this evening by absolutely no one. So um, this is a bit weird. Everyone is away. Um, Matt is off doing some, like, Roland Boss stuff. Uh, Jay is just come back from America, I think. And Joe is off doing some touring and stuff. So it's just me on my own. You might notice that if you're watching the live stream tonight on ampli.fi forward slash guitar nerds, um, we're in a different location. This Oh, there's me. Um, we're in a different location, um, and yeah, so we're streaming live, this is essentially from my house uh, this time around, we usually record these things at Jay's, if you're listening on the podcast, hopefully this doesn't make too much difference, it shouldn't sound too different. Um, what might be different, slightly, is the content of the show, um, and the reason for that is obviously, you know, normally we do an hour, there's four of us here a lot of the time, it might be a little bit difficult for me to do an hour tonight. I'll try. I'll try. And hopefully the questions from the Facebook group and um, the questions that are coming in live on the Amplify chat should keep us going because we've got a fair amount of material and there's a fair amount of news. Um, but there's only so much of my voice that I can listen to and probably so much that you guys can listen to. So, um, yeah, there's. Um, let's, let's see how we do. I'm not really sure how to do this. Like, what's the format? Normally I hand off to Matt Knight to talk about new stuff and talk to, um, hand off to Joe to do his funny voices and general, like, nonsense, basically. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm not really sure how this is going to go. But stick with us. Um, worth mentioning also this week that the Patreon episode Matt did on his own, because um, we wanted to see, like, 
if I could do this one, I wanted to see if one of the other lads could do could handle a whole Patreon episode on their own. And um, yeah, I think Matt did a really good job. Uh, I've been just been listening to it earlier, actually. Um, he does a thing where he's talking about his rig, and he's also playing the pedals and stuff. Like it's a kind of a first for guitar nerds, really, because we don't have any. Uh, we don't usually have any guitar playing on here. It's usually we're just rambling. So, yeah. I'm going to be rambling for an hour. There's not going to be any guitar played on this on this episode, unfortunately. Um, but uh, on Matt's episode on the Patreon, there's plenty of uh, there's plenty of guitar playing. So yeah, patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds. Also worth mentioning, uh, just in case you missed it as well. Just let's get the business stuff out of the way before we dive into news. Um, on uh, Patreon, have just announced that they are now uh, allowing you to get an RSS feed for your Patreon episodes, which means that if you want to, you can, if you sign up for the Patreon service, it means that you can get the episodes delivered into your regular um, into your regular podcast software. So either podcasts on Apple phones or, you know, whatever you use to listen to podcasts. So no uh, going over to the Patreon site and stuff. So that's really cool. Also, I realised that there's like 40 hours worth of content on there now. Um, so, yeah, there is a, obviously a subscription charge, but you've already got 40 hours worth of stuff to listen to um, from $5 a month. Um, and, yeah, you get loads of stuff and you can get it in your um, you get it in your regular podcast player now as well. So that's super, super cool. Anyway, um, so, yeah, Matt's episode is great. Go and listen to that for some actual guitar playing from for from guitar nerds for once um because this episode is going to be rambly there's no uh there's no two ways about it i don't really have the facilities here to play guitar and also i'm not much of a guitar player you know me i'm way more of a bass player so i don't think you guys would want to hear bass for an hour or half an hour even um so go and listen to matt's episode because it is it is super cool and uh, that will be going up as soon as this uh this episode goes up so um yeah go and check it out so down to business i guess um and in the time-honored guitar nerds format uh we should do this week's news am i gonna do the voices i guess i should do the voices news um if you're listening live let me know uh let me know what you thought of that how, how does that stack up to joe's news i don't think it's probably as good he's got a really good voice he's really good at it um just don't let him know i hope he doesn't listen to this don't let him know he's good at anything that's problematic. Um, so, few bits of news this week. Um, first up, um, we have loads of new pedals. Um, MXR have just announced a uh, a really cool new pedal, the MXR Phase ninety five, um, which is a micro pedal. So, obviously, you know, pedal board friendly. If you're stuck for space um, and you want a phaser then the Phase 95 is a really, really good option by the looks of things. And bear in mind, I've not heard this yet, um, just been announced. But little, uh, little, oh, thanks, someone's saying my uh, my news voice was way better than Branton's, which is great. So um, the, yeah, Phase 95, um, micro pedal, um, really, really small. It's like a Moore-sized pedal. What MXR have done is taken two of their most popular um well, in fact, four of their most popular phaser sounds, um, because you've got essentially in there the phase 45 and the phase 90, so two different types of phasing, um, and there's also a script uh, button on off. Um, so again, with the um, you know the phase 90s always had there's been two kind of tones really a modern phase 90 and the script logo phase 90, so you can also get that from both of the sounds from the 45 and from the 90. Um, there's there's two different voices in there. So essentially you've got four different phaser voicings, just a speed control on the top, um, which is what you've come to expect from MXR phasers, I guess. Um, and that basically is it. It looks fantastic. Um, in fact... If you're watching on the live stream, I've stream, I've forgotten I've done this. If you're not on the, if you're listening on the podcast, there's going to be a few moments probably in this episode where I'm going to be referring to the live stream. I'm really sorry, but I need to fill time, and uh, yeah, it's difficult when you're on your own. So look at this. I can do picture in picture on the live stream, um, and yeah, if you're not listening to this live, um, do go and check the uh, the live stream archive so I can put pictures up as I'm talking about something. So yeah, that's the phase 95, which is an awesome, awesome little pedal. Just Two controls essentially: um, the um, phase type and the script on and off, and then then your speed control. So, yeah, I think a worthy addition. I've been really getting into phases, um, and 
I think we talked about it. I'm really into the F pedals phase vibe, um, which is just a cool little phaser um, designed in conjunction with a famous studio engineer whose name I've completely forgotten. Um, someone who does loads of the plugins for Waves, I believe. Um, so whoever knows is going to be screaming at the uh, at their their podcast player right now to to tell me that the name shouting the name down there. Um, so yeah, the phase vibe is really cool. The F pedals phase vibe, but this I've kind of the phase vibe does something very different because it's doing a lot of vibe stuff as well as the name would suggest. It doesn't really sound like the MXR, and I'm really into phaser at the moment. So the phase ninety five could be an option. Um, let me know what you think of it um, in the Facebook group um, or if you're listening live in the comments as well um, I think the Phase 95 looks super cool cool? cool cool I think it sounds cool um, so next first, um, second piece of news um, there's, uh, there's actually just a comment that's popped up saying pedals are getting smaller and smaller uh, and bigger and bigger um, this next news item um, actually kind of fits that theme so next up is the new electroharmonics whaler wah um, if you were to look at a picture of this you would say what is that kind of um, who's doing that crybaby I think would be the thing it's basically electroharmonics's take on a crybaby sort of because it's Traditional housing, traditional crybaby housing, um, but it's this, the, the tone from their um, their wireless wah, which I've forgotten the name of. The crying tone, I think it was called, um, which if you remember a few years ago, Electronics released a wah that worked on like a gyro, like a movement sensor almost. Um, so it had it, the whole pedal was just the treadle and you kind of had the treadle just by itself on the floor I guess um, didn't have any feet on it or anything like that the whole pedal rocked forwards and backwards um, really interesting concept and they, I think they did it with another pedal as well I think it was a delay or maybe it was a drive like it can't have, can't have been drive because you'd have to leave it in one position I can't remember what the other one was maybe it was a volume pedal I don't remember something else but they had this kind of cool concept of this kind of completely um, almost like a chassisless wire, which had, if you imagine a crybaby, it just had the kind of top part, um, the treadle, as it were, and that was like rounded. So instead of pushing down onto another block, it just rocked against the floor itself. Not great if you've got a pedal board, obviously, um, but if you're the sort of person who just has one pedal on stage, it was an interesting concept. Um, or maybe that and, you know, a distortion pedal, but not a really, not a pedal you could put on a board. What a lot of people have said about the crying tone is that they really liked the tone of it. Um, but the housing is not conducive to most people's setup. You know, if you've got a uh, any sort of complicated pedal board or anything like that, just not worth it. So what Le- Electromonics have done is essentially find that tone again um, in a more traditional way. So this is using, you know, similar technology to a crybaby, um, similar kind of housing to a crybaby, you know, your regular stomp on and off. Um, with a treadle and, and chassis. So, yeah, um, not really sure what to make of this one, really. It's been a weird year for Electronics. And we talked about this last week, you know, after last year where they were doing, you know, the Key 9, the B9, the C9, and they released like hundreds of pedals last year. Um, and we should probably work out exactly what that figure is. It's definitely like, this year they've definitely gone a bit more conservative because you've got, uh, what did we see come out last week? It was the um, bass chorus, the bass clone, it's bass small, bass small clone. So a bass chorus, um, which is cool, you know, nice, nice thing to for them to make. They've not really made one before, um, and yeah, that I think that works, you know. And this Wailawar is a similar thing. They're taking technology and tones that they've already got. Um, but they've put them into a more traditional housing, more pedalboard-friendly housing. So, yeah, a bit of a weird year for Electroharmonics. Um, interesting to see if they're just holding back, if they've got a load of R&D going on in the background, and now they're, just to get some stuff released, they are, you know, they're just putting out a couple of bits just to keep things ticking over. I'll, I'll be curious to see what they come out with towards, you know, further towards the end of the year, or at NAM actually, Um Although they're not a company that does NAM big, really. They don't, like, release a whole bunch of new products then. Historically, they've been kind of spread out through the year. So 
Let's see. Let's see where, what electronics have got up their sleeve. Of course, this year I actually did see the Mel line as well, which is the Mellotron, which is a little bit out there. So, so we'll see. Um, let's press on with another bit of news. Another new pedal, this time coming from Frederick Effects, um, a company that we talked a lot about in regards to their harmonic percolator models, the original harmonic percolator, um, and more recently the utility percolator, which is one that we have had in at Guitar Nerds here. We've got a demo video ready to go. Uh, keep your eyes on the YouTube channel because that will be coming up at some point. Um, really cool company in that they're taking um, kind of more out there pedals, I guess. Um, some some kind of older stuff, you know, going back and finding um, the original build for the Harmonic Percolator and that tie-in that we've talked about. Um, the new pedal, the Accomplished Badger, which is probably the best name for a pedal ever, is something a little bit different. Um, it is, they describe it as an almost, an always on pedal, so something that you kind of want to leave on in your signal chain most of the time. Um, it's essentially a boost. It's a germanium transistor gain stage um, with some new old stock components, um, and they talk about them being tested for optimal gain and low leakage. Um, what you've got on there is basically, um, there's also a clean gain in there as well um so it allows you to blend between or to blend both of them in so you've got clean gain and the germanium gain so i imagine one of them is um like a clean boost and the other one has got kind of grittier almost fuzz like tones um which is cool most boost pedals i guess give you you know one option really they'll either be a, a kind of a clean boost um or they'll be like a you know, a treble booster, which is usually kind of breaks up the top end a little bit, gives you a bit of a kind of grindier tone. This looks cool because it's kind of both in one pedal. Um, not switchable between, there's just an on-off um, and a volume control, and then you've got your two, you've got your clean gain and your germanium gain. So it'll be, um, I'd be really interested to try this one out, and the guys at Frederick, um, you know, like I said, they sent us the utility percolator, so hopefully we'll be able to get our hands on this as well interesting concept um and i do think that it would work as an always on pedal you know just to boost your uh tone yeah sorry boost your volume but also if you want just a little bit of edge on your tone as well that's how i use the dunlop echoplex preamp i have it on about nine i guess eight or nine something like that and what it means is that as well as getting a little volume boost and the volume boost isn't huge on the echoplex pre what it does is more of that kind of adds a bit of sparkle to it and a bit of kind of liveliness. Um, I wonder if the clean circuit on the uh, accomplished Badger, best name, um, will be more like that. And I think it will. And then you'll be able to add just a bit of extra grind in there as well from that that germanium, uh, germanium circuit. So... Yeah, interesting little pedal, built in the UK, I believe. Um, and the great thing about Frederick Effects is they're never much money. 95 quid. Um, and it's got a picture of a badger on it that's killing a rabbit? Seems to be eating a rabbit. I can't quite see because I've only got a small picture here. But yeah, it's um, that's maybe why it's accomplished. Job done, basically. Um, so yeah, cool pedal. And again, you know, we're always happy to, to support kind of British companies and particularly if they're producing something cool and for not much money. Um, so yeah, 95 quid for the Accomplished Badger, I think is uh, is going to be an interesting pedal to start seeing on people's boards. Um, and hopefully, yeah, like I said, we'll, do, uh, we'll get one here for a review and uh, should be all good, I think. Um, let's move on. There's one last bit of news and uh, I'm probably... This is interesting to me um, as a guitar nerd, but this is probably about as far from our kind of regular wheelhouse as we as we normally go. So um, this is the new Ibanez Gem, um, one that, you know, we talk a lot about Fender and Gibson on here. Joe Branton talks about his ridiculous brands, his Hagstroms or whatever he's playing this week, um, his Dan Electros, nonsense, just get a P-Bass. Um we don't talk that much about Ibanez, um, and well, we don't talk about much about m- more metal guitars in general, I guess. Um, but this, you know, they're always they've always been a big, uh, big thing because we all come from a retail background and have always dealt with uh, dealt with Ibanez. Um, 
I don't know how I feel about gems, really. Um, obviously, because they are so kind of intrinsically tied in with Steve Vai, who's an artist that, personally, I'm not that fussed about. Um, because there's so much of him kind of in these guitars, you know, with the inlays and the monkey grip on there as well. Um, yeah, I've always find it hard to get excited about them. Um, so this is a kind of similar thing, really. So this brand new model is the, again... This is another reason why it's difficult to get excited about Ibanez sometimes. is because of the names. Uh, this is the Gem 77WDPCNL. Um, any guesses as to what that, uh, what that stands for? I'll, uh, I'll let you put those in the Facebook group. Um, so, brand new Gem, basically. Um, new 2016 model. Uh, it's got a mahogany body which I guess is different because I, I think usually, you know, it would be like uh, a bass wood or bass wood um, for kind of on RGs generally for more of that kind of bright tone. Um, and I've been say they've chosen this for more of a rich tone. Um, rosewood board on there, five-piece maple wizard neck, maple walnut wizard neck. Um, you've also got what they're calling the premium fret edge treatment, uh, which I assume is uh, fret rounding and uh, edge zero two trim. So all the things you kind of expect. Um, it's weird to see an Ibanez guitar with a mahogany body. I mean, I know there's been some bases um, with that, but I can't really remember seeing too many RGs apart from kind of special editions. Certainly not high end ones. Um, yeah, really, really interesting to see the mahogany body, I guess. The rest of the guitar I'm not so keen on. Uh, so it's got, I believe, a spalted maple pickguard by the looks of things. Um, yeah, so they just describe it as a wooden pickguard, but to me it looks like, yeah, spalted maple, which is a bit of a weird kind of mix. And then so you've got two Demacio Dark Matter 2 humbuckers in there um, and a Dark, Ma- Dark Matter 2 single coil. Um, and the pickups have got like a weird clockwork cog design on them. Um, it's a real mishmash guitar. Like, uh, if you if you're watching the live stream, you can see I've just put a picture up. Um, but if you're not, I do rec- you know if you're listening to the podcast, I do recommend go and check this guitar out because it is a weird choice, a very weird choice. And I know Steve Vai is kind of a uh, you know he's an eccentric guy. His uh, his stage outfits and his kind of general persona. Obviously, he's got this kind of slightly uh, kind of prog vibe to him but this guitar is just a very weird mishmash um but interesting to see them trying stuff with mahogany um and yeah just a just a new gem is always something to talk about isn't it because it's been uh it's been a guitar that's been in production for such a long time um list price on that two thousand two hundred and sixty six dollars yeah two thousand two hundred and sixty six dollars and sixty five cents um so way out of my price range anyway um i don't know about you obviously you know all the gem series have been historically the the top end ones have always been quite expensive um so i'm sure that if uh for the steve i collector's market out there particularly in japan i'd imagine this is going to be one to uh one to pick up so um that's pretty much the news for this week um Normally, you know, we do our little roundtable thing and we do the news and stuff, um, do the news and stuff after. But um, I've been I've been playing a bit of guitar. I've been doing some work on guitar nerds and stuff this week. Um, but yeah, that's the uh, but luckily, you know, there's some some news items and stuff. So all good. Shall we get down to questions? Questions. Is that how he does it? Something like that, isn't it? I don't know. I don't know. Joe Branton. Um, so, questions coming in um, from the Facebook group. I've got plenty from there. Um, we've had some stuff emailed in. Um, but also, if you're watching live, do drop questions in the live chat because it would be cool to, um, to yeah, get some from there as well. So, first up this week, uh, Matt says, So, will we be getting a rundown of what you're going to do with the Pink Sparkle? Have you started the mods yet? Um, Matt the Pink Sparkle Strat, for those who don't know, uh, we're doing a project uh, which I think is going to be called Mod Mode, um, which is, a, I bought a Squire Pink Sparkle Affinity Strat because it is the coolest colour. Um, and the guitar is not half bad. It's pretty good, actually. Um, it's double humbucker, um, but, you know, it's it's an okay Strat. It's fine. Um, but the things that we're going to do for Mod Mode, hopefully, is kind of just... Do it up a little bit. The uh, Find some interesting mods that we can do. Uh, and I've certainly found some interesting things uh, so far. 
Matt, I'm not going to tell you exactly what we're doing yet, but let's say um, the pickups are sorted. We should have an alternate neck sorted. There's some other stuff that we've been approached uh, about that this might be the guitar to try it on. So, yeah, um, that video is going to go up towards the end of this year, beginning of next year, I believe, which I know seems a long way away, uh, but it's, it is rapidly approaching. So, yeah, kind of keep an eye on the channel for um, for mod mode um, because it's going to be an interesting little project, I think. Um, and, it's yeah, we could definitely do some... Uh, Definitely do some some cool stuff with it, and then after that, I think we're going to expand it out into something we're called fun. We're calling fun for a ton, um, which is going to be all of us getting a hundred quid and trying to buy a guitar and do up a guitar for a hundred quid that that works. I think. So uh, next question is from a different Matt. Matt says, "What gear did you use on the Random Heroes stuff?" Um, so this is kind of a personal question um, because. Random Heroes was my band for a long time and still is kind of my band. Um, every now and then we do do some gigs. Uh, we're down to about one a year at the moment because people are in their 30s and it's difficult to uh, to get together. Um, so Random Heroes is a pop punk band. Um, started in 2002. 2002 uh, and still occasionally doing stuff now. In terms of gear... Um, for for me, obviously, you know, I'm the bass player and um, frontman of the band, I guess. Frontman's a horrible term. I, I make noises with my mouth uh, as well as uh, as well as making noises with my bass, I guess. Um, so for me, it's just it's always been the same bass. Always been the um, Sunset Orange Transparent P bass, American Standard from 2003. Uh, before that, had a Mexican P bass, which was black, which there's some early Random Heroes recordings that you will have never heard that's got that bass on it. But yeah, apart from that, it's always been this um, Sunset Orange Transparent, which I bought from GAC um, when I was when I was working there. Um, and that bass, man, there's something about that bass. I know I've said it before, but that is it's the best bass in the world. It's got something about it. Um, it's had tuners replaced. It had to have the pickup rewound i believe um yes it did it was rewound so i was going to replace it and i got reese from um um bigfoot engineering to uh rewind it for me um because that's something he can do because he's a genius uh and it came back sounding better than ever um and more recently had it refretted actually um with stainless steel frets um because 10 or 11 years worth of touring had completely destroyed them, particularly when I use very heavy strings. I use either power slinkies or um, the Daddario Balance Tension 120 BTs. I think they're called... No, they go up to a 120, but that's not what the set is called. They're, they're a 120 on the on the E string, basically. But because they're this balance tension, it feels kind of even across the neck. Um, that's an awesome set of bass strings, by the way. Def- you should definitely go and check that out. Um so yeah, mostly it's well for all the recordings that you will have heard if you have listened to the band at all. Um, it's that that P bass. Uh, been offered other things. Uh, we used to go and record with a guy called Peter Miles down in Devon, who is an awesome producer. Um, he used to say like you you've got to play this. He's got an amazing seventies P bass, and he was always like you should use this. And every time I turned it down because that bass is so intrinsically linked with my bass sound you can kind of put it into different amps and stuff and it always there's something about that bass and me that make the same sound every time and the amps actually on the recordings have been a little bit kind of uh scattershot really so on the random heroes album it was an svt classic into an 810 um into another one was a, S, a mark bass head uh, the little mark that i've got into a, in a into an 810 and i've also used a B15, Ampeg B15 into a guitar, Blackstar Guitar 412, um, which was a really interesting sound as well. A bit more kind of grindy. Um, used that on a couple of bits as well. So, yeah, that for the bass, it's always basically that 2013 P bass and my mouth making terrible singing sounds. Um, so, yeah, it was a punk band, so you can get away with terrible singing. And for the guitars... Pretty much, it's always been like Les Paul Juniors. On the album, um, uh, Ben was playing my Les Paul Junior. Again, 2013... Uh, sorry, 2003. 
Les Paul Jr. Um, and then what else have we done? So we did another album um, under a slightly different name, Corrigan, which is Random Heroes kind of Mark II, but now is all lumped in. There's a, a Random Heroes collection on Bandcamp, which has got the Corrigan album on it. Um, that is a 335 uh, into a Marshall of some description. Um, and now the guys in the band um, are... It's the original guitarist again who uses a uh, Strat with a humbucker. Uh, so if, if you ever come see us live now, that's what he's using, Strat with a humbucker. And Dan Grace is also in the band, who's a long-time guitar nerds collaborator. He's on you know at least one of the guitar nerds YouTube videos. And he's been on. He was on the GAC podcast a couple of times. Uh, he uses uh, Lesbo Junior a lot of the time. Or a, does he use a Lesbo Junior now? I can't remember. Something with P90s. He had an SG with P90s, I think. And last time I saw him. Um, so yeah, uh, it's all you know. It's all about P90s, um, and it's all about P basses. Just yeah, that's what you should use if you're in a punk band. You should definitely use that if you're in a punk band. Um, anyway, I hope that clears things up. If you want to find that music, by the way, um, and I'm not sure I recommend you do because a lot of it is very old. I think it's randomheroes.bandcamp.com. I can't remember. If you Google Random Heroes Brighton or Random Heroes UK, you should be able to find it. Um, okay, let's take one from the Amplify group. Um, Harry C says, uh, you mentioned you work at GAC. Uh, you worked at GAC. What was your experience in the guitar retail world like? Um, very good on the whole. Um it's, I was on the shop floor for about 10 years um, from, I guess, started when I was, I did work experience when I was 14, um, but I started f- properly when I was 16 um, and took some time out to do uni and things like that, but roughly about 10 years of, of retail. Um, very good. Um, and I think I was very lucky to have experienced the time when the internet didn't really exist in retail and when the internet did exist um, because... It used to be really easy to sell guitars. When people came in, you know, there was always enough money to kind of do them a uh, do them a deal, um, and that was good fun. Really enjoyed kind of like talking to people about guitars and making sure they got a good retail experience and offering them a kind of bit of a deal at the end of things. Um, I think that's a really important. I'm actually doing a video on this soon. Um, I'm, we've got a video uh, in the works called "The Top Five Ways to Survive a Guitar Shop." Um, which is actually about being a customer in a guitar shop. But one of the things is, like, be nice and ask for a deal, but don't expect um, don't expect to get a deal, which I think are the rules to live by, really, when you're buying a guitar. Like, be nice to whoever's serving you, no matter how hungover or surly they might be, um, and you're more likely to get a deal. And at the end of things, ask for a deal, but don't expect one. Because of the internet, now, you know, there's not always a deal to be had, unfortunately. Um so, yeah, my experience in retail, very good. A great way to uh, kind of go, grow up, really. I'm kind of thankful that I did that. And it's something that we could maybe talk about. Um, you know, it's... It, yeah, very... Yeah, a great way to uh, start your working life, I think, is starting off from retail. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Tell and starting off selling something you love because you're kind of following a passion um, and it also made it really easy to follow music stuff like band stuff because I had access to guitars you know if I wanted them you know you could get them um, uh, you know on a bit of a kind of staff deal and if I wanted to uh, get spares or strings and stuff then that stuff was all kind of readily available for me to buy um, 
and being in that world for such a long time was cool. You know, it's going away and now I just do an office job, which is cool as well. Um, because you know, it's a completely different environment. Um, but it's not a particularly rock and roll job. You know, in a guitar shop is a rock and roll job, and you get to meet loads of people. And if you're an aspiring musician, um, that's a really, really cool way to uh, to kind of be in that world on a daily basis without you know being on tour all the time which is kind of not possible really particularly if you're in a punk band because there's not there's not that many opportunities out there it's not music that the mainstream uh people like to listen to so so um yeah uh that was the what was the question i've completely forgotten are you worked in uh yeah worked in retail what was your uh what was your experience like? I guess that is the experience. A really good place to grow up. Really enjoyed selling guitars and being around guitars every day. And it gave me a great opportunity to uh, to be involved with, with music um, and learn some really important skills as well. So that's my experience. Guitar shops are a cool place to be. Um, when you're in there, make sure you're nice to the staff and hopefully they'll be nice to you back. Um, Someone called McCrab on the live chat says, uh, on another one on the retail side of things, roughly what proportion of sales were bass compared to six string? Um, 10%? 15%? Not a huge amount. Um, I think it depends on what, where you work. Obviously, somewhere like, you know, Bass Direct or something like that, where they're just selling basses, obviously, bass is most of their thing. Um, but... Uh, in the shop that I worked in, um, you know, we had a, a huge space dedicated to guitars and a very good bass section, um, which I was, you know, the manager of for for a little while. Uh, and that's when it looked best, definitely. Now it looks great now. It looks really good now. Um, yeah. Th- so yeah, ten percent, something like that. So uh, that's a, I guess. Yeah, most bands have two guitarists and a drummer. Yeah, ten percent, something like that. Ten to ten to twenty percent, I guess, of the band is made up of bass players. So that's probably the amount that you sell. I guess. Um, uh, let's do one more live question. Uh, Burger King One says, looking to get some kind of direct in slash desk style distortion pedal. Any ideas for getting that sound live? Some kind of direct in desk style distortion pedal. So I think what he means is like the sound of plugging a guitar straight into a desk. I'll tell you what would probably be good for this. Electroharmonics do a pedal called the Satisfaction Fuzz, um, which, as you can guess um, by the name, um, it's based on the kind of Rolling Stones Satisfaction kind of torn speaker, early 60s style fuzz, um, Velcro ripped fuzz. Um, That would probably do that sound very, very well. Uh, It's a pedal that I only got to spend a little bit of time with and was kind of confused by it, really. Um... Because it's not when you put that sound in today's context, like with the range of fuzzes that we've got now, when you hear um, like an old style fuzz, they sound so weird. They sound so out of place. Um, there's also another pedal actually, uh, the Twin Bender by Ramble Effects, uh, which does a similar thing. It's got two old style fuzzes uh, in there, um, based on Tone Bender and something else. But it's got a bias control, so it's like controlling the power. And if you wanted to get a kind of, you know, that kind of broken guitar sound you get from plugging a guitar straight in, I'm thinking like John Lennon, end of the Beatles, plugging straight into the desk kind of vibe. Um, that would probably do it. Um, so, yeah, Ramble Effects Twin Bender, or if you want to spend a bit less money, the Electroharmonics Satisfaction Fuzz gives you a really kind of broken 60s style um style fuzz so cool little pedals um let's do one from the facebook group um andy says i've been enjoying the albums that changed my life articles that seem to be doing the rounds at the moment and while this has been a thread on here before it got me thinking about what was the last album that had any effect on my playing always been a heavy metal slash hard rock kind of player so my list would be bands like deftones metallica and black label society but the new wes Borland album has got me thinking of spacey synths and clean ambient drones dripping in reverb now gassing hard for a big sky what was the last album that you got that made you think uh, about how you play your gear uh, or the gear you use so um for me a couple of things came up here um so firstly I really, really don't like Metallica. And as someone in a um, 
kind of like in the guitar world, that's kind of a bit of a blasphemy. Um, but I just never got it. I just don't, I don't understand. The old stuff sounds archaic to me in a way that I just can't get over the 80s-ness of it. And then the stuff, you know, like with the orchestra and the kind of slower stuff just holds no appeal for me. And then more, the newer stuff with better production, by all accounts, is just not their best stuff. So I think I've kind of just missed the boat on Metallica. But, and this is where, this is a big but, um, the new single, uh, which I think is called Hardwired, uh, is one of my songs of the year. It's absolutely phenomenal. Um, And I'm sure uh, the guys in the live chat or in the Facebook group, if you're not watching live, you'll probably agree if you've heard it. Compared to, and I don't know a huge amount about Metallica. Like I said, I've listened to the old stuff. I don't get the production. It just seems old for me. Um, I've listened to the new stuff and it just doesn't sound very good. But the new single seems to have like the hard kind of thrashy edge of the old stuff with new, really, really good production. Um, so that's a song that recently, and it's not going to change my playing at all. Um, I just wanted to talk about how like, albums that have changed your life. I never thought that I'd be like waiting for the release of a new Metallica album. Um, but I totally am. Um, I think it's going to rock. If that single is any, you know, they might have just kind of struck gold with one song. Um, but that, if that's any indicator of how the album's going to be, I'm really looking forward to the new Metallica album, which is weird. Really weird. Um, some other stuff that came up, and I wanted to talk about, uh, firstly, one that's not an album, um, then some albums that have influenced me, and also some other new music that I'm listening to, which I think you guys should check out. So, um, for, I wanted to talk about the first, well, one of the first real punk gigs that I went to, which really made me think about like the kind of music that I was doing um, and the kind of like what music could be a little bit. And I know it sounds a bit like idealistic, but so um, I was kind of listening early two thousands. I was kind of listening to uh, so straight out of school. I kind of got into Nirvana, and then you follow that trail down like Pixies. Um, and that more kind of alt-rock thing. Um, and I happened to go to a gig. I, well, I, I, one day I, happened to, I went into HMV uh, with my dad, and my dad was like, you like punk, don't you? There's a CD down there that says Punkorama. And uh, it's like, okay, that sounds good. It's like five pounds, and there's 20 songs on here. And it, that turned out to be one of the Epitaph Records compilations, um, where it was like Punkorama 4, I think, or Punkorama 3. Something like that. Um, and it was when Epitaph were putting out incredible punk bands, Bad Religion, Bouncing Souls, No Effects, uh, all the kind of, you know, late 90s, early 2000s, skate punk and uh, kind of pop punk that's still good. Um, so got that. And it had like the hives and stuff on there as well. Rancid. Um, yeah, loads of loads of cool stuff. And that got me into the more kind of underground stuff. I was listening to, you know... Straight out of school, I was listening to like Blink-182, uh, like I said, Nirvana and Pixies, and then started getting into the kind of Southern California underground stuff and just happened to see one day that the Bouncing Souls, who were a band on Epitaph, were playing locally um, and went to that, and that was a straight-up eye-opener. Um, seeing a band that I'd heard on a record play in a place that's pretty small, seeing people get on stage and stage dive, um, that changed my life, really, and... It sounds a bit overdramatic, but that day definitely did change my life. Um, I wouldn't be doing this podcast right now, I don't think, if I'd done that. I was kind of into guitars, but in a way that was like, this is a bit of a hobby. I don't really know how to make the music that Pixies are making. or As basic as it is, I don't know how to make the music that Nirvana are making, but I knew how to make the music that was on Punkorama and the music that um, the Bouncing Souls were playing um, because it was so... It was so basic and so much like the rock and roll that I listened to as a kid, but more, like more exciting. Um, and so that made me think, okay, I can do this. Uh, I'm going to, you know, get a get a bass and get a punk band together. Um, and that's the reason that I'm kind of here now. Still worked at the guitar shop for a long time because I was doing this punk music. Still, you know, hanging out and doing something like this, I think is kind of a punk thing. We didn't, 
when we were doing Guitar Nerds, we didn't get together and go, okay, you know, we all we all really like guitars. Shall we go out and try and get jobs at Guitarist Magazine? Or should we try? It was like, no, 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 no. You do it yourself. Do it yourself. And that's what Guitar Nerds is. Uh, and that all comes back to this one day of seeing the Bouncing Souls essentially doing it themselves. They're on Epitaph Records, but they would book their own tours. Um, and actually a really good... Talking about the Bouncing Souls, and we're way off topic here, but talking about the Bouncing Souls, there's a documentary you should check out if you want a, a really good music documentary. Um, I think it's called Do You Remember? Uh, it's 15 years of the Bouncing Souls, so it's about 10 years old at this point, maybe even more. Go and check that documentary out. For anyone, I think it's on YouTube. I'm sure it's on YouTube. For anyone who is into just being in bands and have having... It's, it really is kind of like a prototype for how guitar nerds works which is like a punk band about guitar journalism is kind of how i view it um it's kind of a prototype for that it's four mates hanging out and making something happen um and that's kind of what we're what we're doing here um and again it all comes back to that day so yeah just wanted to talk about that and it's we're so this is really far off topic and maybe we should talk about this you know when the other guys are here um, but it, that really is a kind of nucleus of everything I've, I've kind of done since. And it kind of um, comes into line with this uh, albums that changed your life. This was a gig that 100% changed my life. Um, I, I might put some like soppy violin music under that. I don't know. Anyway, um, so I, other things that have changed my life. Um, going back to uh, punk stuff, I guess. Well, there's two albums that changed my life, actually. Um, Beatles Live at the BBC, which when I was maybe eight or nine, um, the only music that I listened to as a child was Michael Jackson all the time. Um, and now that has a strange connotation, but at the time, um, I guess, you know, when did, uh, when did Dangerous come out? 91, I think, because didn't Teen Spirit knock one of the singles from Dangerous off the charts? I think it did. So it must have come out in 91. Michael Jackson was like at his peak and I was all I was listening to was Bad Thriller and Dangerous every day, just wearing the tapes out. Um, and then I went to my granddad's house and found uh, Beatles at the BBC, which was one of the only cassettes that he had that wasn't The Shadows. And I'm so glad that I picked that one out and got into that than picking out the greatest hits of The Shadows or whatever. So, um, yeah, so... Yeah, I've just noticed the stream is actually uh, frozen. So I hope you guys can still follow. If not, um, you're listening on the podcast, so it's all cool. Um, so I picked out Beatles Live at the BBC, um, and I'd never really heard of the Beatles. I'd heard of the Beatles, obviously, but I'd never really heard of the Beatles because my dad is only... He just loves soul music. So our house was all soul music. Oh, it's Reading, uh, Motown stuff, you know, Temptations, uh, Dinah Ross, that, all that. Um, and we'd never had Beatles records in the house. And I put on this compilation and was like, wow, this is incredible. This sounds like the Chuck Berry stuff that I've been listening to, but with um, just more about it, more kind of pop uh, that I was kind of getting from the Michael Jackson stuff and the stuff I was hearing in the charts. So, yeah, really... Um, so that album, although it's not a fantastic album, it's a great time capsule of, of you know, that time and them doing the BBC, BBC sessions and stuff. Um, that's a record that kind of got me into the Beatles. So that is uh, definitely a big one. And, you know, the Beatles follows on everything else. Um and leads into, you know, liking that rock and roll stuff, leads into the more punk stuff, obviously, later down the line. The other one, which is a record you should go and check out, is um, a record called My Brain Hurts by a band called Screeching Weasel, who I've talked about quite a lot on the podcast. Probably, as a punk musician, um, probably my biggest influence, um, taking simple songs, occasionally very complicated ideas. There's a track on... um, There's a track on... My Brain Hurts called The Science of Myth, which is about the constant struggle between um, science and religion in society. Um, And it's the catchiest song you've ever heard. It's a very dense, complicated song, lyrically and thematically, but it's the Ramones. Um, 
And if that sounds cool to you, you should check out that whole album because that is what that album is like. There's a lot of um, very catchy, very poppy songs dealing with a lot of complicated issues, both in society and personally. So, yeah, that kind of showed me that you could do, like, you know, the Bling 182 stuff and the the more kind of pop punk that I was listening to and with the street punky stuff, you know, Rancid, Bouncing Souls, that kind of thing. But you could take also some fairly complicated issues. And also another great thing about that record is how to structure an album. Um, the way that that album is structured and the way that it's the track list goes is absolutely perfect. It's a, a lesson in that. So definitely check that record out. Um, that completely changed my ideas about like what punk could be. I always knew punk was political, but never really know it could be personal and um, dealing with things like uh, religion in a non negative I'm you know I'm not a religious person at all but that album deals with particularly on that track deals with religion in a not just let's just cast this aside because we're punk and rebellious it's let's work out the important role or the role that this plays in society historically so definitely worth them um, definitely worth checking that record out I did say that I was going to give a kind of shout out to a record I've been listening to recently um came out a couple of days ago um the uh, London band I believe London called the Tuts um have just put out a record i can't remember what the name is um update your brain or something like that something around that but if you just spotify or whatever you listen to music on search for the tuts it will be their last release absolutely blowing my mind um again it's more punk um it's three uh three uh women musicians um doing kind of girl 60s girl group harmonies but with kind of garage punk um sensibility in there as well so that's definitely worth checking out also worth checking out because the uh, the guitar they use is fantastic or the guitar that the um i forget the singer i forget what the singer's name is um but she is using a three pickup sg custom and i think it's worth going to see them live because they're an awesome band but worth going to see them live to see one of those guitars in the flesh like one of the coolest uh guitars ever that ebony white SG Custom Gold Hardware uh, is uh, is just phenomenal. Um, apologies if you're still trying to watch live. It looks like the stream uh, has frozen, um, but if you can still hear me, uh, that's that's good because we we've still got it going on. Let's um let's take another question from the Facebook group just in case the stream has gone down and uh, I'm not going to be getting any more uh, any more chat questions. Um, let's have a look. Okay, if you had one choice of, if you had the choice of only one guitar, one amp, and four pedals for the rest of time, what pedals would you choose to go with your Blues Junior and Baja Telly? I see what you've done there, Adam. Um, what you've done is you've lured me in with a question, and you've put a gag at the end, and the gag was good because I didn't read the question before I read it out. That's good. Um, I don't think I would have a Blues Junior and a Baja Telly. If I could only have one instrument for the rest of my life, I think I would go with the P-Bass. It's got to be the P-Bass. Like, I love that Les Paul Junior that I've got. It's from the same time. Um, it's from, like, you know, I've had that guitar for 13 years. Um, so, yeah, I would, in a, you know, in a fire, I would really want to keep that guitar as well. But the one I would save... Um, if I could only save one, is the Sunset Orange Transparent P bass 2003, um, which is the best bass I've ever played, the best instrument I've ever played, and the one that, you know, it's done however many gigs I've done, five, six hundred gigs with that bass. And yeah, I've kind of tied to it intrinsically. It's like that is my sound. Um, and if I had to save one amp, if I only had to play one amp with that bass, Again, it's got to be the thing that I already own, which is the Mark Bass Little Mark, the original version, which, despite Joe Branton's protestations, um, I think is the best bass amp for my sound. Um, I really like Ampeg stuff. I like the grind of Ampeg stuff, but it's just too big and heavy for what I would want. Um, That Mark Bass does it very, very well, and there's a real interplay between my bass and that amp that is super cool. Just loads of... So much stuff tied up in there, like loads of good memories of doing a lot of touring. Um, I'd, I'd have that, if I could, 
I'd have that amp with the 610 that I used to have, the Mark Bay 610, because that was my main touring rig for years. And that was such a cool bass sound. Such a cool bass sound. Um, gone through kind of like thick and thin with that rig. Um, and I remember bringing it home the first time and my dad seeing it and just being like, what have you done? Why are you bringing this into our house? It's 610. It's massive. Um, yeah, he wasn't he wasn't impressed. But that stayed with me for years. Um, and that kind of throughout the touring years that was the rig that i was using and uh yeah just an an awesome sound so the four pedals if i'm going to use it on that rig what would i use a boss tu2 definitely because that is the tuner to use um on bass what would i use i probably if i could only have these i'm assuming i'm on some desert island somewhere so probably a looper um, and I'd have to probably get the most complicated looper, I guess, if I want to be able to do the most stuff. Um, yeah, I mean, do I go most complicated or most simple? Let's go Ditto Looper. Um, I would go for a Line 6 M5, which I guess is cheating a bit, um, because that is a multi-effect, but it's a simple one, I guess. So I'd go M5, because that gives me a few different sounds. Um what else on bass it's difficult isn't it it's difficult on bass i'm yet to try the echoplex preamp on bass but i think it would probably do a good job i think it would probably be quite good so i'll go for that even though it's not a bass pedal uh i don't know what in reality i don't know what i'd take i don't know what i'd take for the last pedal but that would probably do me um so, yeah, that would be my rig. That would be my kind of desert island rig. And, you know, luckily, I still own most of that stuff or have owned it. Um, so let's do one more from the group. Let's do, maybe let's do some more from the group. I'm going to maybe try and do five or ten more minutes worth of stream. So if you are watching uh, live, do keep sending in uh, sending in questions because I will try and get round to them. Um so Joshua in the Facebook group says, I'm torn between the TC Alter Ego and the MXR Carbon Copy. Um, did we do this question last week? I can't remember. I think we might have done this question last week. Um, let, I'll answer it again, though. I'm torn between the TC Alter Ego and the MXR Carbon Copy. I like the features of the TC, but the Carbon Copy is just something wonderful and soupy about the repeats, in that they almost don't feel like repeats. Which should I get? So TC, Carb- uh, TC uh, Alter Ego... Um, or the MXR Carbon Copy. Um, I've got an alter ego on my board um, just because I bought it a little while ago. In fact, I think I bought it from Matt Knight a little while ago, and it was the uh, it was just a, a a delay pedal to get when I was building my board. And it is cool. There's a lot of sounds on there. I found a couple that I'm really happy with. There's some stuff on there that's pretty useless, to be honest. I actually do like the option of reverse delay. Like I've said earlier in the podcast, massive Beatles fan, so... Um, yeah, so I use that quite a lot. Um, but I probably would still go for the Carbon Copy, particularly the Carbon Copy Bright these days, because I think it's, if you want some definition to the sound, uh, the Carbon Copy Bright is a uh, is a really, really good option. Um, and it looks a bit cooler as well. I prefer the, the finish on that to the, the dark one. But they're both really good. Uh, I was talking to a friend, actually, at the weekend who bought a cop and co- a copy carbon, a Carbon Copy from me a little while ago. And he has been telling me how he's been using it for tracking um, and how he's been running uh, individual like drum tracks and stuff through it to get like really cool sounds because it really is a delay pedal that, you know, is using a very, it's going for very a kind of old analog sound. So if you want to warm something up as well as putting a guitar through it in the front end, if you, if you wanted to put like, you know, your snare through it or something for more kind of dub kind of textures um it could definitely handle that as well and that's the advantage of that over something like the tc is that you get that instant analog kind of warmth where the tc is i guess it's more of a it's more flexible um which is why i've kept it on my board because i'm not that tied down to my guitar effects because i'm mainly a bass player so it's a cool thing to have so i can flick through some some different um different options and stuff um so yeah it depends what you want um, but I like them both. Let's do. Let's do. Um, which one shall we do? 
Oh, okay. So Marcus says, Hello, fellow nerds. I'm currently building my first pedal board and I was wondering where to put the Velcro pads when pedals have rubber feet on them. Should I take them off? If so, how? Hoping for some answers. Um, yes, Marcus. Uh, and I think Matt actually already replied in the group. Um, definitely take the uh, take the feet off. If it's on a wire, you need to uh, unscrew the feet. And so like, if it's on a crybaby for, exam- crybaby, for example, you need to unscrew the feet take the rubber feet off and then put the screws back in to hold the base of the chassis back. Um, and that will uh, allow you to put some Velcro on there. With things like, um, what has them on there? A lot of pedals actually ship without them now, but ship with it like a pack of the uh, of the feet. Um, if there's feet already on there, you can generally just kind of like get a plectrum or something in underneath there and just kind of like peel them off a bit. Um yeah, it's not an easy not an easy thing to do, but that is definitely take the feet off if you're thinking about putting them on a board. You can always buy packs of like adhesive feet afterwards. So if you're thinking of selling it down the line or you're thinking of doing something without a board, um you can buy spare packs of feet so you just pop those on there. So um yeah, definitely if it's going on the board, take the feet off, get that velcro on there. Um don't try and I've done that in the past like trying to velcro like over the feet and stuff it's just rubbish it just doesn't work so um anyway i think uh we're nearly up at an hour my voice is about to go so we should probably call it a night there if you stuck with me to the end of this thanks very much uh it's been a bit weird not having the other guys here um and so you know we've talked about some different stuff we've talked about some stories that aren't guitar related and they're more music related your homework for next week is listen to the new metallica record uh, the new single Check out the Tuts album, which is very, very good. Watch that Bouncing Souls documentary, um, 15 Years of the Bouncing Souls, which is up on YouTube. Um, And also um, listen to Screech and Weasel. Listen to uh, My Brain Hurts by Screech and Weasel in particular because uh, it's not up on Spotify. They're not big fans of Spotify, but you can find it on YouTube and stuff. So go and listen to that record there's a few tunes on there that are um yeah legitimately changed my life um so definitely worth checking out um want to say thanks to all the patreon backers we've had a few new patreon backers um this week a few people signing up at the five dollar tier a few at the ten well another one at the ten dollar tier um what i'm going to do is we'd normally do some music while joe reads these out but i'm going to read them out and put some music underneath um worth mentioning by the way if you don't know what patreon is patreon.com forward slash guitar nerds where from as little as five dollars a month you get an extra half an hour of guitar nerds content every week um you can now as i mentioned at the beginning of the podcast get it delivered to your regular podcast platform so you don't have to go to the uh, patreon site or don't have to go to the patreon app um you can get it just delivered into podcasts or into downcast or whatever you use plus also um you can go and listen to old content so now there's like 40 or 50 hours uh, i forget exactly how much there is on there but 40 or 50 hours worth of stuff that you can dive back into um once you sign up so that will keep you going for uh for a long old time i'd imagine um so at the five dollar tier you get the extra half an hour at the ten dollar tier you get the extra half an hour and you also become one of our patreon backers like these people andy joyce steve merkel blair toms carlos mancha Andrew Macro, Mark Cross, J.D. Short, David Carroll, Andy McKenzie, Brad Page, Paul Corrigan, Jack Godfrey, Jack Conroy, Will Clare, Scott O'Brien, Matt Quine, Phil Thompson, Laurie Anstis, Moog Gravit, and Colin Anderson. Um, if you were watching live, that's going to be weird without any music under, but I'll, if you're listening to the podcast, you should have just heard some music. So, um, yeah, thanks very much for everyone who's um, contributed to the Patreon. The more people that do that, the more uh, we can do, you know, more we can get out and do fun stuff. Uh, we've talked about doing some factory tours and stuff. Um, that's what we're using the Patreon money for. Um, and, yeah, we're using it to kind of fund things like uh, we'll probably put some towards fun for a ton. So we're using it to all just make new content for you guys and gives us um, gives us time to not have to worry about how we're funding that so we can also go and do other things like the interviews that we're doing on the Patreon channel um, and some of the cool stuff that we're, we're doing on YouTube as well. So, yeah, much uh, so much uh, appreciated from our end. It's, um, it's awesome. If you want to watch the show live every week, as some of you have been doing, ampli.five forward slash guitar nerds, where every Tuesday night, 8.30 UK time, uh, usually me and the three other lads will be doing an hour's worth of uh, of content um, live and you can join us as people have this evening with questions. Um, another thing, if you are just a podcast listener, 
do us a favour, go to iTunes, leave a five-star review on the podcast because that's how the podcast gets noticed. That's how we get more people involved in Guitar Nerds, more people in the group, um, hopefully more people on the Patreon, which then means we can do- go and do more cool stuff. Um, shout out um, to you know your other guitar-playing friends. Get them listening. Get them leaving reviews. And you know we can build this thing. Like I said, we're... We're this is a punk band. It's four friends doing guitar journalism, I guess if you want to call it that. Um and we want to build it and we want to bring you all on this kind of journey with us. So um yeah, anything you can do, leave reviews, sh- you know, shout out but us on Twitter or put it in your personal Facebook feed or whatever you want to do. Um if you can help guitar nerds any- in any way, that would be awesome. Um if you want to tag us on Twitter, it's at guitar nerds, on Instagram at guitar nerds. Um, you can tag us personally if you want at Mark Random at J-A-Y-B-N-1 at Matt underscore Nazi and at Joseph underscore 900 um, go to the website as well New uh, news articles going up there all the time um, we've got new uh, like top 10s and stuff on the YouTube youtube.com uh, forward slash guitar nerds videos they also get duplicated onto the site guitarnerds.net loads of stuff basically there's loads going on um, I hope this has been okay I hope this has been listenable. Um, And if you've got this far, thanks so much for sticking through to the end. Hopefully next week, normal service will be resumed. Um, But knowing that we can do this from home does open, does give me some ideas. Gives me some, some big ideas for more stuff coming soon. Anyway, we'll see you next week. Thanks very much. Bye. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com 